everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we're watching the TV show Lost in reverse order, from the last episode to the first order, or as we like to say here, we have to go backwards with uh, with Chad Wago, one of our hosts who's never seen Lost before. I just want to point out that we were talking about Star Wars before we started recording, and that's why uh, David said the first order. <laughs> <laughs> that was David K. Jones that you just heard. My name is, uh, like you said, Chad Wago. Uh, I had nev- not watched Lost prior to recording this podcast, but someone who did is one of our other hosts. Yes, I'm another one of your hosts on the show, AJ Nieves, so thanks for tuning in. And uh, before we even get it on and popping, we have to introduce our special guest, returning guest, Donut. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me back. So I, I, I love you guys. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back in the building. It's always fun when we have you on the show. Because I know we've talked about this before, but like a lot of a lot of guests we have on are either very unfamiliar with the show or they just flat out hate it. But don't you know you're one of my favorite to have on. You're one of my favorites to have on because like it's it's usually it's a good time when we're watching and this is actually a pretty decent episode. Also, yeah. we love you as a human being. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like your humanness is great. <laughs> like the <laughs> the fact that you like loss is just icing on the cake. We're, but we're a nice we're a nice little minority. Okay. Well, before we even jump into it, what you been up to? Lost lovers or human beings? Lost lovers. Oh. <laughs> So how have you been, man? I've been good. I've been, I've been, I've been surviving. Nice, nice. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. And this week we're considering season three, episode twenty, "The Man Behind the Curtain," and uh, basically after bringing his father's body to Ben, Locke demands to see Jacob, the leader of the others. Meanwhile, Sawyer returns to camp with a tape recorder he got from Locke, causing everyone to finally confront Jack and Juliet about her intentions. So that's our general synopsis of the episode. How are we feeling about this one? It started with a really, really, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, sometimes, I'd say three quarters of the time, they recap the show. Yeah. And so David um, skipped ahead of the recap, and it started on a very interesting frame, which was Ben's mom screaming in childbirth pain. And it was, and then I learned that you said it was Michael Emerson's girlfriend um wife. wife yeah exactly so this is this is the character emily linus played by carrie preston um which is michael emerson's wife in real life so the character ben linus in real life is married to the woman who played his mother or the mother of the character on the show which is that's weird right i wrote i wrote edible <laughs> yeah and circled it yeah yeah like that is some edible shit right like <laughs> Uh, that is that is that's a uh, that's kind of neat. She does a great job though. I love seeing her on the show. I didn't know she was on, but I was aware of her previously from some of her other work, like in TV and movies and stuff like that. But yeah, she's awesome. She's another yeah. She's a great actress. It's kind of neat that <laughs> that we got like this power couple on the show. Yeah, I think it was definitely some sort of nepotism thing when they were <laughs> going through the script, and he's like. Oh, we need an actress to play Ben's what? mom. Oh, I know exactly. Will be perfect to play my mom. Yeah. <laughs> So weird. Yeah, it was a dig at her because she was always nagging at him to <laughs> get his socks up off the floor. Yeah, yeah. I thought that uh, the opening was actually a really interesting redirect. I'm not sure how it would have seemed if I was watching in the correct order. Mm. But watching in the order that uh, I am watching, which is backwards, uh, I know that they're not supposed to be able to give birth on the island. So mm. seeing someone give birth, I was just like, whoa, 
what's going on here? And then when uh when Ben's mom starts dying, they they like run out and then there's a, a truck and I'm like, holy shit, why is there a truck on the island? Why is there a road? Why does that sign say Portland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that was that that was uh I don't know, that was such a that was kind of a fun scene. You know what I noticed in that, that opening scene, Roger Linus is, is uh this is right after the birth of, of Ben, but he like he looks at his hands and his hands is a little bloody. For some reason, like he had that look like ew. <laughs> and for some reason that made me like just chuckle a little bit inside because it was like really quick. It, like where like uh this whole thing is happening, his wife is coming uh is, is giving birth to their son early and all this kind of stuff. Um but yeah, like from that instant, like he's just like, ew, fucking baby goo on my hands. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, it was kind of fun to see, or oh, to get a little bit more of the backstory, the relationship between Ben Linus and his father Roger. Like I think we've already, from what we've seen, we kind of knew what it was. I was I was a little I was a, I was a little surprised at, that they went with that actor for for Roger Linus because it seems like under under the right circumstances or maybe under different circumstances. I don't know if I'd say right circumstances, mm-hmm. but under dif- different circumstances, they could have like they could have made the father character really menacing but they kind of give you this kind of like hapless father instead yeah. where he's just kind of a drunkard and all this kind of stuff but they really wanted to they could have dialed turned it up and like made it like a stephen king dad you know what i mean like a, <laughs> like any like any of the, those characters out of a stephen stephen king novel is always it's always terrible and like i felt that i don't know i, I would have loved to have seen a dad that was a little bit more mean because he was mean but it was almost like a like a hapless, given up kind of me. Yeah, he was a lot more pathetic. Yeah, yeah. For for me, that actually sort of amped up the menace that uh, the times where he did end up kind of threatening is because it's like, wow, this guy is such a loser. Uh, that automatically makes like me think that he's someone who's going to be even more aggressive with whatever little power that he has. Yeah, yeah. and. Interestingly enough, like he's assigned a role on the island. The island is is workman, which is janitor, which he susses out and all that stuff. Which I'd imagine the Dharma Initiative. They kind of it seemed for the most part they they kind of assign people roles. Well, I don't know. It, it seemed like they si- assigned them roles based on their aptitude. Yeah. Which kind of tells you a lot about Roger. But and then again, that's kind of fucked up because yeah. Jack ends up being a workman too on the island yeah. at some future point from what we're watching, right? But I think that's more just, uh, that's where they had an opening to stick on when he showed up. Right. right. And that was like Sawyer's quick yeah. thinking. You're like, oh, we need a, we need another workman. This guy got probably, okay. you know, gassed in some band <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. It, it's also possible that that was Sawyer taking a shot at him. Oh, yeah. I think Sawyer that's was true. in charge of it, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Because like Sawyer could have like made him a chef or whatever. But mm-hmm. he's just like, nah, son, use a workman. <laughs> You're not better than me. No. That is a weird way to go about hiring people. Yeah. Especially when you transport them to this remote island, so that you don't know what you're hiring them for until after they get there. Yeah, that is very strange. No, I feel like they take the aptitude tests before they hop on, right? So they know. That would make sense. Like, they just go like, oh, I guess they just have, like, your aptitude, and then, you know, they would kind of just relegate you or, or you know delegate you wherever after that yeah maybe the only re- reason why roger didn't know was because he was given the job as a favor nah yeah and 30 grand yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 30 grand was a lot back then yeah and 70s money it's uh i yeah. mean 30 grand's not like a little bit of money now either 
That's yeah. yeah. You I, like like if someone gave me 30 grand, I'd be pretty fucking happy. Yeah. yeah. But I think that 30 grand was to last him the 20 years that he was working there. Mm-hmm. This whole episode, we're seeing a lot of, uh, I guess, cascading themes about fathers and sons. We have Roger mm-hmm. and Ben. We also have that opening scene with, with uh, Locke walking into camp with, we assume, the dead body of his father, which yeah. he was told to kill. Which, in a sack. It was just, <laughs> he just saunters in. Yeah. Which is really interesting because Locke's kind of old. Yeah, I was not even aware that his father went to the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's major. Yeah. Well, that's like a big plot point, which doesn't come back after this, right? Because no. we've seen every episode after this, and mm-hmm. Locke's father is not mentioned after this episode. That's right. Like, yeah, maybe... it made me wonder if that was actually his dad, or if mm. it was like some sort of spiritual father, or father figure, or what. Yeah, maybe it was just like a pig in that, that sack <laughs> with like a... A mustache or something. Or maybe just like a priest. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just like, yeah, this is my father. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of father-son dynamics in this episode. And oh, both in this of, series. Yeah, oh, in the <laughs> series. Right, so it comes through, through the series a lot. And majority of the time when the show shows us a father and son relationship, it's always one that's in turmoil. And that makes for good TV, but a lot of these relationships between these characters, like they're not they're not in a good place with their with their with their kin, with their sons and their fathers. So a lot of this stuff kind of pops up. We get, you know, there's a lot of turmoil between, you know, Ben and Roger throughout this night, tonight's episode. And then I guess we're going to, I guess we're going to see moving forward the relationship between Locke and his father. Also too, we see Jack trying his hand at being a dad later in the series and he's not good at it. Like this whole show is just kind of revolves around bad fathers or bad father figures. I don't know. Do you guys think that the show is trying to say anything in particular? An overarching thing? I, I think so. And I think you can take each of them. Like, you can take Sawyer, Locke, Jack, Ben, Kate, even. Mm. And, like, examine who their fathers are. And right. then it becomes its own arc. Like, are they repeating history? Or are they, like, uh, making their own destiny sure yeah no I, i'm glad yeah. you brought that up i totally forgot about kate's dad because she killed that dude like oh, in a fire <laughs> we'll find out about that in six months <laughs> i mean they mentioned it yeah uh, that's true she went to court with the yeah. case yeah yeah so not a spoiler yeah well um i don't know like it's i guess that's that's just a good well it's a theme that you see in a lot of uh a lot of a lot of Good television, I notice. Like you know, of course, there's always there's also a lot of that and bad television. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Like you can have like a lot of Western cinema and television is sort of based off. Yeah, my relationship with my dad isn't the best. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I know it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty usual theme that keeps popping up, Um, and then we get it in the show a lot. So. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. I like how it was employed in the episode and how they used it to kind of develop Ben as a character so we can kind of see him. Like, he's kind of veered towards, like, sociopathic tendencies throughout the series, even from, like, that young kid age, right? Um, but then we also get a chance to see that it's... I don't know if this is, like, a nature... I don't know if you guys wish this is, like, a nature versus nurture thing, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, his dad is terrible to him throughout the series. And it's not. it's not, like... There's some physical violence or physical abuse too, but like most of the most of it, like the dad is, it's just mostly psychological. The dad has no desire to have a relationship with with his son. Like he views him responsible for the death of like uh, of his wife and all that stuff. But 
I don't know. It seems like he like. Does it seem to you guys that Roger didn't want kids from the start? Like, who goes fucking hiking seven months <laughs> pregnant? Like, like, come on, like, get your shit together. We're gonna go and climb this mountain. Yeah, keep that belly out of the way. Yeah, he was probably hoping that she would miscarry. <laughs> oh, jeez. By like putting her through so much physical stress of hiking. Yeah, yeah. Like homeboy was all like, "Yeah, you came early," you know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed a little strange. Yeah. But yeah, like. uh yeah, also Roger is, he is a truly pathetic character. We've talked about this before. Even his response to the missing of his son. We know that, that I guess overall, Roger does not care for his son. But what I found interesting is towards the end of the episode where Ben starts putting his machinations into play and uh, starts, you know, going ahead with this purge and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Well, it's really heartbreaking to see, like, uh, Roger have, like, a change of heart in his older age. Mm-hmm. Where, um, I think most of, most of the time he spends raising, you know, Ben, he kind of has this one attitude. But it seems like when they show him in that older stage in his life, he seems a little bit more mellowed out and a little bit more receptive to his son. Where he still forgets his birthday, but now he offers him the promise to maybe kind of try and remember it the next year. So... Seems like he kind of whatever whatever old stuff he was holding on to with with uh, with Ben kind of kind of went away a little bit. But by that time, Ben was all like, "All right, so yeah." Well, he sensed that the end was near, so he was trying to make amends before he he died. Did that amends mean anything? You think overall, like uh, to Ben or or I, I think guess it's we... the only nice thing he's ever said to Ben. Yeah, I don't know how nice that was, but. Yeah, I'll try to remember your yeah. birthday. It wasn't even like, I promise to remember your birthday next yeah. year. It was like, I'll try well, my best. I think he knows how much of a fuck-up he is. Yeah, yeah. It's, there, oh, man, there's there's something so rare about like somebody that's aware of their own fuck-ups like, later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I guess people come to it when they come to it. Or they you know they, they come to that whatever self-realization later. Because they, they told him when uh, he said that he didn't want to be a janitor. It's like... You can apply for other positions as they become available. So, theoretically, in that, like, 30 or whatever years, uh, he was trying to do other things. And they just said, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. I think, um, having watched, uh, well, yeah, having watched the, the series from its end to now, like, that's one of the first answers we get. I mean, like, if... Ben's dad can change, you know, I mean, it took, like, years. But if Ben's mm-hmm. dad is, like, willing to, like, warm up that that harsh bitterness, it, it could have proven the chance that Ben may have to have that kind of kind of choice in the future. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Like, that, there, there was some good left in Roger. And, and, like you said, we do see some of that good still in Ben, whether it, whether it be you know, that he, it was something innate just from birth or whatever that like, uh, you know, he didn't, well, maybe whatever, whatever path he had chosen. But in the end, he, he, well, at the end of the series, we know that, that Ben gets a little bit of, um, he, he does have some restoration to, to whatever evil stuff he was doing because he ends up, you know, doing a little bit more, doing better, I think, towards the end of the season. And, and honestly, at the end of the series, he's still atoning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he he's kind of left in like some weird space, right? Because he doesn't move on with everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Richard, right. yeah, he says that he has to stay because he has things to do. Yeah, that's that that always that always is kind of interesting. So, does that mean that Ben? 
Like, because we're watching Ben's entire life unfold from birth in this episode. Like, does mm-hmm. that mean that, like, he he hasn't forgiven himself for some of these events? Maybe the purge? Or has he? And maybe there's just, maybe he just wants to make up with uh, his adopted daughter and this woman who he stole the daughter from. I yeah, I think know. that was his most, that was his biggest motivation, I think, going forward. Yeah. For uh, trying to make amends with them. If he tried to enter that church and he had the, I don't know if it was like his feeling or the thought that he hadn't completely made the, made the men's that he wanted to, would he have been able to go with them? I like to think that, that Alex would have shown up and then like grabbed him by his throat and slammed him against the wall <laughs> like she did in the, in the uh, temple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you're thinking about betraying <laughs> all these people again, even in the afterlife. I'm going to tell you, don't do it though. Speaking of Alex... Um, she dropped one of the one of the happy birthday dad, yeah. happy birthday Ben variations. Yeah, I that's was, right. I was there's four. I I counted yeah. four, and I was like, okay, because it couldn't have been three. That's not lost. <laughs> yeah. It's four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ben's birthday wish. Um, set on that four, that four, that number four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even catch that. That was good. And for for his birthday, she offers a gun to his enemy, <laughs> <laughs> or to like uh, the most the most dangerous man in their in their midst. No. But um, yeah, Locke no was like crazy dangerous in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really missed it. Oh man, I I still I still got to give it up to my man Terry O'Quinn. That actor is awesome. Like we've talked about this before on the show, but like. The fact that he plays that kind of dangerous and menace, mm-hmm. like with this, you know, all shucks neighbor next door, yeah. you you know, I got your paper by mistake kind of guy. You know what I mean? It's, it's strange. <laughs> it's 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 very it's very interesting. But I I, I really do like Terry O'Quinn's performance throughout the series, and like he plays it so well. We get like we get him eating like a fucking mango with a knife, yeah. right? And this is not like I, from this point forward in the series, I'm on. I'm on lock mango watch because like we've seen him eating mangoes before and it's such a terrible fruit Man. they're on TV because it's so messy but like yeah this time he used a knife last time he just bit right into it and just yeah. had mango juice dripping down yeah. his face yeah like absolutely it, it just it was just one of those things where he just was like you know fuck a knife Oh, going in on this mango. Yeah. When was the last time you saw me eat a mango? Was it him Ooh. or was it the man in black? That's right. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I it might have him. Was know. it him? It might have been him or it might have been the man in black. I don't know. Because that's what I was wondering too. Ghosts were appearing to uh, his his mother's ghost was appearing to Ben, hmm. and I was like, all right, was that the man in black? Yeah. You know the the mother yeah. Emily. Yeah. I think it was a. I think it was. I think it was a smoke monster. What do you guys think? I think it was Jacob just because generally the smoke monster can't make it into the Dharma camp through the uh, the pylons, right? Right. It, oh, but they were outside. Yeah, the, that monster was on the no, outside. No, oh, when, yeah. uh, when the mother appeared in the window. That's oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which was a really good jump scare. <laughs> that, yeah. oh, okay, so we are we seeing... If we were to try and piece this together and have it still make sense to what we know, it, are we seeing like a Jacob version of Emily and then a smoke monster version of Emily? Or is it just both Jacob? Because I guess he ends up being the leader, right? So I guess yeah. it would have to be Jacob. I think Jacob has chosen him to do something. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, since that came up, I'm, I'm going to... I really want to launch into some weird Bible it, shit. It yeah. could be that they were both... Uh, they were both 
trying for uh, Ben. Yeah. Like, because Jacob had, like, made it known, I guess, that it's like, oh, this guy, he's going to be important. Then uh, Smoke Monster might have been like, oh, what if I make him my guy? Yeah. 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 That's his game. Yeah. yeah, that's their that's their whole game throughout the show. too, right this weird chess piece moving. Like we always talk about chess piece moving in in the sense of them moving characters around and speaking about it in a meta way, how the writers are positioning all these characters. But there's actual chess game going on in the story between these two brothers, where they're trying to like, you know, they're it's a G versus E kind of let me let me let me have you make decisions kind of thing. So you have your angel, which is probably your Jacob represented. Re- representation and like your your devil guy but yeah i always yeah that is kind of interesting where they're just influencing but they can't actually do anything that impedes any of these characters free will on and, the and it gets reflected with uh ben versus um what's his name richard uh, widmore widmore yeah oh yeah uh, yes the conflict is on a different level with uh, the two of them but uh they are making the same sort of like oh we're not actually gonna directly interfere with each other yeah that's right that's 100 percent right like it's chess games within chess games yeah i guess we could talk a little bit about the dharma welcome like uh roger and <laughs> and, and ben get welcome to the island and they get the whole namaste treatment uh, uh, like if i were roger and maybe it's just maybe this has something to do with his aptitude maybe not but if i was roger and i arrived at an island and it was just a bunch of people wearing the same clothes speaking with the words namaste because that's like some cult mm-hmm. shit right because yeah. like cults do that like they all dress alike they all use the same kind of language and stuff like that so or like a specific type of you know use of language where it's very like the vocabulary is very specific and like we know namaste is like a is is a known term and phrase that they kind of appropriated for whatever within the dharma initiative but but yeah like i would get some weird culty vibes off of this and especially because namaste like back then was not like a well-known thing yeah it's not like how like everyone knows someone who does yoga now yeah right Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, like, it, I would have just be like, namaste. Like, I'm going to stay my ass away from this fucking place. <laughs> it seems very, like, yeah, it just it just had, like, a very, like, uh, very cult-like kind of, like, yeah. reflection. Because that's kind of what it is. But I guess that's what you sign up for. Because, you know, nobody's just going to be like, you want to come work on this island? Like, oh, I don't have any other questions. Sure. I'm sure, like, they, they probably answer some stuff on, on island. Yeah, you show up and they give you a jumpsuit and then all the men are sterile after this. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? I forgot. At some point during the episode, I had that same thought. I was like, wow, they're just really culty. But then I was like, but to answer, to to respond to you about, like, why why didn't Roger pick up on it? And, like, honestly, like, wasn't the, the 70s, like, isn't this like the heyday for cults? Yeah. <laughs> That's they, right. they, don't, they don't know what we know. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what we know. Like, I think people might have like I, I, that was like pre-internet. So I was like, well, well, even even if you didn't have internet, like you'd kind of pick up like it's this like, is Namaste. strange. What? Yeah, what is this green thing around? Right, is this flowers. <laughs> I think even them lays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> It's like this is how we initiate you into our into the Dharma initiative. Yeah, because before before Charles Manson, cults were just like weirdos living in the woods together. Right, right. Yeah, it did, you're right. They, there was a big thing for that. Yeah. Like people just weren't aware of. Like, oh, because I guess 
it might have you, you i guess you could see it through the lens that maybe it was a, a more innocent time where people were like hey just a bunch of us getting together yeah. you know cooking up some steaks jonestown was after manson I want to say it was. Not to look out and it's a phone. Somebody tweet at us the order of that. Because I think they're both in the 70s. So yeah. Yeah. So wait, the, yeah. So 70s had like Jonestown, uh, Manson Murders or the Manson Group. Was there anything else going on that time? I'm sure there was other culty stuff that we don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe we could talk later about that Marvin Candle video. There's a, there's a moment where <laughs> yeah. like. They open up the, the Marvin Candle video with, like, some weird production value where, like, they have, like, they're tracking, like, a guy on a bicycle and then, like, they go back and it's, like, Marvin Candle. I was like, why did you need to track that guy on the bicycle? <laughs> and he was on for, like, a hot second and then, like, uh, it was just Marvin Candle giving them, like, an introduction. <laughs> that seemed very odd to me. It's like, oh, are we following this guy on a bicycle for a reason? And he's like, no, he's just a dude on a bicycle. Part I think that sh- extra when he went to the, the cattle call. For the extras for the season, like he put on his skills, like bicycle riding. <laughs> and the director saw, I was like, oh, we should use that. So we could fucking use that to the <laughs> max. Somebody get this guy a BMX frame. It's just like a really, it's like, it's not even a 70s bike. It's a modern 2007 <laughs> bicycle. That's <laughs> thrown in the back out of the scene. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. Nice to see Marvin Candle yeah. pop up in the episode, even though he's just there for like a hot second to do the whole intros thing. It does keep the world building fun open i um i liked how you got to see a lot of the okay so in the episode um people died right because ben did the purge i liked seeing like uh, a few people here and there that you got to see in the episode um because when i i saw opal and opal is the one that checked him in and said i'm sorry you cannot you can apply later etc etc and like that was opal that was like one of the face up like like black people and like a people of color were rare b like her face was there and i was like oh damn he killed opal oh and i was like did he kill annie too yes yeah, yeah, because here's the thing i mean they, it seemed like everyone died and right yeah, and yeah. he's just like looking at the doll that morning and he's just right. like hmm puts it down that i um i remember watching this live when it was on tv and uh i was thinking like oh i wonder i wonder how they're gonna play this this annie thing back in but um, after this episode, Annie doesn't come back. Yeah. And that's so frustrating because, like, a lot of stuff doesn't come back on the show. But the Annie thing kind of bothered me because they laid some track for it and they just abandoned it. And that's fine, but, like, yeah. it was just so strange. Like, I think because he he looked at the doll and it was all worn and old because he's, he's an adult now. And she gave it to him when they were children. But, I mean, if she was she, if she had stayed there, like, and she was there as, a, as an adult, too, she probably would have given him other birthday presents me all made out of wood <laughs> yeah that he'd be able to look at but he's just got this one so i'm assuming that during that time when he was a, a little boy ben and then all the losties came back and blew up the uh the swan station uh at, when the uh shit was catching on fire and people were getting shot she must have died during that attack i think, oh. I think jack probably killed her in some sort of uh, I like oh, this, I like this cat- yeah, collateral man. damage situation. <laughs> Imagine that! Oh, that would have that would have been some mind blowing yeah. shit if they threw that into the show. See, for me, I was thinking about like the whole Annie thing, as it's just like it's showing exactly like what kind of person Ben is mm-hmm. and how he's been like that forever. Because it's just like, oh hey, there's one person in the world who shows you any kind of affection, and you just wipe out everyone yeah 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 
Yeah, he... Yeah, he totally wiped out everybody. I don't know, I guess... Unless they were using the Annie character as a device or a plot device to move the story along for Ben. Because they paint Ben as a child as being this quiet person who doesn't speak a lot. They kind of call attention to that a couple of times, right? And then now you got this Annie character who is like, oh, okay, well, now, you know, this is how school works. I think it's the hostels. And so, like, that's 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 all stuff to, like, let us know as the audience what's going on. But, but I don't know. I felt like it could have been a little bit more than just a plot device to, like... Because, you know, could have easily had a teacher being like, those are hostels. I got a gun. But <laughs> they threw in this kid, you know, I guess to to, to kind of to make it a little bit more. And it just ends up, you know, never coming back. I was, I, that, that was like one of the things out of everything in law. So this is, a, I guess, a strange thing to want. But I always wanted some resolution <laughs> to that weird storyline. And she's super brave, too. She's like, it'll be okay. Yeah. They're hot. They're just hostels. It'll be fine. <laughs> And I'm just like, ben, ben doesn't believe her. Yeah. And I'm just looking yeah. at this kid. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about we're talking about the character, uh, Annie, the little girl who befriends Ben over at the thing. And I don't know, hearing that name and watching that character, it, it, ha- can't, it really does invoke a lot of like Twin Peaks imagery. And we know that the writers, and we've talked about this before, the writers of, of Losses, a lot of them are big fans of Twin Peaks. So like... Uh, uh, Damon Lindelof, Carlton Cuse, those guys are familiar with the series, are familiar with David Lynch. And there is a character that pops up in Twin Peaks named Annie. And uh, she's kind of a big part, but she's a big female role that um, that's, you know, that's that that has an interest in one of the main characters. And it seems like they kind of there's a little nod to that with with that whole thing. Also, too, the whole episode as a in general kind of had like a horror vibe to it. And the show goes into various spots, you know, like a the whole adventure, the action, and there's all these uh, romantic stories. But I do love when the when the show kind of to tries to put its little its 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 hands around um, horror themes in the show. So like with the cabin and all the Jacob stuff, I, I was yeah. just, I was down. Yeah. That cabin scene, I remember watching it live and just losing my shit because I was just like, oh my god, this is what they're giving us. Oh my god! I don't understand any of this. <laughs> this is this is this is the audience's first introduction to the character Jacob, Jacob. right? Yeah. So this is our first iteration of what Jacob is, according to the show. And we get that in from Ben saying like, "Oh, everybody has a boss." And I remember when when they introduced the concept of Jacob, I was like, "Oh shit! It's going it's going down!" Like it's a, there's a giant master plan, and things are are really falling into place. <laughs> Nope, not really. <laughs> yeah. Took really, another turn. <laughs> really play up in this episode. Oh, you're gonna meet Jacob. You're gonna meet Jacob. <laughs> it's an empty chair. Like I, I remember thinking that was I was a fun choice because the show. I mean, everybody. It's it's your natural. It's a natural thing for a lot of people watching the show. Going, what the fuck? You're gonna show us an empty chair? Yeah. This is this is our Jacob or whatever. But I always love when the show did weird shit like that. They're all like, oh yeah, this is this is what it is, and then you're just like, oh, this is so bizarre. But I don't know. I always loved how they did that. I like how they did the whole Jacob thing. Um, even though it, it did evolve into something later on in the story. Or, you know, we have fucking monkey paw Jacob face or whatever. That guy that came later. Yeah, watching it, I was thinking like, oh, Jacob in these earlier seasons is like an Old Testament god. He's very wrathful. <laughs> yeah. And breaking stuff all the time. And then we, we meet him later on and it's more like New Testament-y. Trying to be a nice guy. Yeah. What do you guys make of that 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 cabin scene? The end of the cabin scene, the whole help me thing and all this. Oh, it was so well done. Yeah. I, it, okay, it was well done. Um, what do I think about it? Uh, no, like knowing 
Jacob now knowing Men in Black now. Like they I'm looking at Chad while I'm saying this. They burned the, <laughs> they burned it down, right? The cabin. Did you yeah. watch that? Yeah. 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 yeah like, they lit it on fire. I didn't see it burn down. Didn't they burn this cabin down like five times on the show already? I feel like the men in black did it once, right? When Jake when Locke got resurrected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me think, was it really Jacob? Yeah. Because it was like it could have been a way to get the man in black to like, I don't know, stay. But he hasn't been staying, and there's all these questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about about that. We're, we like the show calls it Jacob's Cabin, and like um, and uh, Ben refers to it as Jacob's Cabin. But the only reason why we call it Jacob's Cabin was because I, I think that's how it was introduced to us in this episode. Because it's a it's the first time we're seeing the cabin. I'm assuming the audience is seeing this place for the first time, um, and then later on they go in a different direction with things, but. I wonder, because it could easily, like you said, it could easily be like the smoke monster or somebody, you know, fucking around, especially with that help me line, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, it. they had the uh, the circle of ash around it. That's right. Which, is, uh, which yeah. is a smoke monster thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's to keep it in. Oh. oh. And so it's a metaphorical thing, because while he's able to, like, be, in the, be around the island, as long as that thing, as long as that tether is there... He can't escape. Mm. Like I, it. The I island has mean. like funny rules. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was always. Yeah. It was always very strange. Like those rules are always very kind of strange. Can't bring a flashlight in. <laughs> yeah. Jacob hates technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that you never know, comes back. That never comes back. I think it was just Ben saying some you know what crazy shit. If you if if we were to view it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jacob also doesn't like trident gum. Whatever gum you bring in here. Juicy fruit, cool. Eclipse, fine. Trident, Jacob's not now. So, Ben was doing the talking to the chair thing to fuck with Locke. Yeah. But then shit actually happened in there. I don't think Ben was prepared for that. No. He did not seem prepared mm-hmm. for it at all. Mm-hmm. Or he kind of he kind of falls in line, right? Doesn't he start to, like, uh, he kind of uses... That yeah, here's here's what a master manipulator uh, Ben is. That this supernatural thing is occurring to him right. and John in this cabin, um, and he's still able to like put the thing on. Like, like what the fuck was that? And like instead of Ben going, I don't know, man, it was fucking crazy. He just goes, that that was Jacob. You met him for the first time. Like it was very like, but he did it like he didn't show his cards at all. Like it was just basically like, yeah, that happens all the time in that cabin. And then like Ben just like soon as soon as Locke is like out of like eye shot, like Ben's like, oh fuck, I gotta. <laughs> I should get back to the mainland. I don't even know what I'm here doing right Wait, now. Was Jacob here every time I was pretending to talk to Jacob? Does he know the kind of stuff I've been pretending to? I was using this as my whack off shop. Like this is the place I come to jerk off. This is my jerk off cabin. Yeah, that's why the uh, painting of a dog in here. Yeah, just covered in crust. Yeah. <laughs> See the jars? Yeah, all those jars in the windows. <laughs> uh, that's not healthy. <laughs> that is totally not healthy. Like, oh, well. That's like, not what color it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, those well, jars look like honey or something. Yeah. <laughs> Man, honey. Gross. <laughs> yeah. So if we're doing like the, if we're doing like the, I guess the biblical overlap, this cabin could represent like, um, I don't know what I'm staring at. It's, it's a place that the, 
that the leader would go to. So this is almost like the the uh, the burning bush that 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 Moses goes to, right? He ascends it and he gets to the burning bush and tells him what to do, and then he gets all his uh, his ten commandments and everything. We kind of there is kind of right. a little bit of overlap with that with with Ben. Ben instead of going to the top of this mountain and talk to this burning bush, he has a cabin in the woods that he goes to by himself. That nobody in his camp, nobody that's a part of this group that that he's leading has seen or or has even attempted to see uh you know so all these people are kind of walking by faith you know what i mean just like uh what we what we were getting as a representative with with john locke and even john locke is is incredulous to this whole situation like who what he just says like this is a this is a whole scam like even the next day afterwards he's like i know you're just fucking around i don't know how you did it but like this is all it's all horseshit that i'm not gonna believe and because because Ben can't sway him, even with the supernatural acts that happen in that cabin, he decides to to shoot him and leave, leave him in that pit at the end, which is kind of it, it. Really does it really does show some of um like how how we heard from Anthony Negrelli, who was also our guest earlier on the show, that that Ben was a badass. Like in this case, he's a master manipulator to the point where if if he can't manipulate <laughs> manipulate you and use supernatural events to get you to believe him and that he serves a dude. Like, they'll just, like, put a bullet in you and, like, leave you to die in some <laughs> yeah. fucking pit, you know? That's, that's the best manipulation, is a, is a bullet. Yeah, I wrote that down. Ben is cold-blooded. Yeah. yeah. Because even the last scene, okay, so when Ben is returning to the camp and everybody's all dead, like, they really were really great about their music choices because it's mm. this violin, there's strings, and it's like, oh, sad, look, there's opal. One of these women could be Annie. Oh, look, there's, like, um, good speed, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, like, at the drop of a hat, the music changes as he's, as he's, as Richard, like, talks to him. And he's like, oh, to get to his father. He's like, you want to get your father down? Yeah. It's all, like, tender. And then he's like, no. Yeah. Leave him up there. (laughs) That's perfect. I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Because... His father, he was willing to leave in that van for dead. And the father is just gone. Mm-hmm. But he does make an attempt to close the eyes of Horace Goodspeed while he's sitting on that bench. Yeah. So, like, he kind of has more feeling for this man than he does for his own father. Based on, you know, the subtext that we get out of that scene. Uh, which is kind of neat because, I mean, Ben did this thing. He, he, he engaged in all these acts and all this scheming and planning to create this purge. But he's still, like, I guess in whatever fucked up way you want to try and put the spin on it, he still kind of had, like, a, you know, I guess, a seeming appreciation for Horace. Because mm-hmm. Horace, from what we know of him on the show, he was kind of a stand-up guy for the most part, despite him shooting at hostels or whatever, right? Yeah. But, I think uh, he punches Kate in the face at one point. What? Isn't I don't he? remember that. I think she should I think she was shooting first then. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I feel like Horace... Whenever he got, like, violent, he was always acting out of, like, a defensive position. Mm. Oh, I gotta watch out for the people. Oh, they're, like, these guys are not supposed to be by the pylons or whatever. Right. So, if he punched Kate. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been the other security guy, now I think about it. I think he told him to do it, though. Right, right. Mm. Oh, man, yeah. That that is, that is, uh, that's very strange. Yeah. But yeah, you know. Uh, we also get the we've talked about it a little bit, but we get the portrayal of of, of Ben's daughter, right, Alex, who, who oh, mentioned yeah. her. Yeah. Already, she offers him a gun. Um, yeah, homegirl just wants she. 
at this point, she wants her dad dead. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also seems like she's picked up some of the, the calculating skills that, that Ben has instead of like, which is strange because she is not going to shoot her father herself. She has the gun and the ability, but she's giving it to John. Now, I don't know. We could read that one of two ways. Either she wants her father dead or she knows that her father is, is so sneaky and conniving that she actually has some concern for this lock character. Yeah. Even though he like mm-hmm. walked in and beat some dude like half <laughs> senseless, right? Yeah, he beat he beat up Mikhail. Mikhail? Mikhail. Nobody stepped in. Yeah. Nobody stepped Nobody in. Yeah, stepped ben in. asked Tom Friendly and, and Richard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just, just like, mm. like Tom was drinking coffee. <laughs> He was sipping. Mm, nah, none of my business. So I was yeah. like, I gotta get to the mainland a little bit. I can't be going there with no busted lip. I got, I got things that need to get done. So I'm, I'm starting to think none of the others actually like Mikhail. <sighs> so they yeah. watch him get it beaten up, and then even Alex watches that, and she's like, "Yeah, I like this lock guy. <laughs> <laughs> Give that dude a gun. Yeah, like, we see what he could do with his fist. Let's really <laughs> turn him loose. But oh man, yeah, it, that is that is kind of interesting. I don't know. I, I couldn't make sense of that. Uh, why nobody jumped in to stop? Because I would assume they're all on the same team, but maybe that just goes to show that they're not on the same team. No. Or like you mentioned, Mikhail is not a good dude. He's incredibly loyal, but you know, to what end? And yeah. To who? Because he, he murdered Bonnie and uh, Greta down in the looking yeah. glass. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah, he's a ruthless dude. Like and like uh, he does this at at Ben's behest. You know, Ben mm-hmm. says like I've made a mistake. I need you to clean it up. In the looking glass, he needed to take care of Bonnie and... Uh, what's the other one? Greta. Greta. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so all that stuff kind of goes down. So, uh, this is the episode where we find uh, out about uh, Juliet leaving those tapes in the medical station. Oh, yeah. They, they, they frame all of uh, the future stuff. Well, when I say future, the mm. stuff that I've already seen with Juliet as... Oh, she she told us about all of uh, the stuff that Ben was gonna have us do, and she, you know, like it makes her out to be like this is why you can trust her. This is right. why she's one of the good guys. <laughs> when she revealed what Ben's plans were, right? Sawyer already had the tape, and he had already like played it and had other people listen to it. So it's not like she was volunteering out of the goodness of her heart right. the information. <laughs> <laughs> they already caught her. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Turn the tape over. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like she had, she and Jack had been talking about it, so she had already gotten Jack on her side. And then, yeah. then it's just a matter of Jack getting everyone else on onto their side. Here's my question for you guys. Why isn't the group of Losties, the, the, the survivors of the plane crash, why are they not more upset with Jack at this point? Because the next episode, the next three episodes after this, it's totally fine, and they still have Jack as their de facto leader of the group, but Homeboy is making, deci- like, he's making decisions without the input of these people, and this is like this really big decision. There's yeah. a woman in our midst who may be a betrayer, who is working for the other side. Like, can you unilaterally just the make this side? decision? The other, the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just make that decision to have her stay? Seems so. Seems like something like that that would be a cause for contention yeah. in that well, group. Even Saeed was like talking about they were like hiding stuff from him or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were mad that that Kay told him about Naomi and all this stuff. Like they're they're already kind of working against Jack at this point from whatever it was that he had done before. And I think in the next episode when he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna blow him up. I got everyone back on his side. So, oh, yeah. We like blowing people up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we enjoy surviving. This guy does have the ideas. 
But it could have easily went the other way, right? They didn't have any real assurances that that uh, Juliet was playing on their side. Like, it could have been like a triple cross. You know, yeah. she's like, "I'm not playing for them. I'm playing for you guys." Trick! I'm playing for them yeah. still. It was a triple cross. You guys are <laughs> done. But I don't know. Out of that encounter, though, we got we got a really really cheesy dramatic headshot of everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "That's it. Till next week." Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. I was like, because um, he's like. Uh, so he's like, oh, you didn't have a plan. And he's like, yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like, five, five of their faces just cut to the close-up. And like, oh, they're all reacting. And then it's like, oh. that's why I laughed. I was like, oh, sometimes like I love this show for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so there with you when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I mean... This was a really lock and and uh, Ben heavy episode. So like all the losties were kind of just in that one scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody was just kind of like, yeah, we'll hang out for a scene or two. But this is like a you guys thing. Yeah. yeah. So they had to fit all their acting into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's that. But I did, I really did like we we already kind of mentioned, but I really was happy with the fact that they turned the creep factor up so high in this episode. <laughs> With all the creepy stuff that was happening in the cabin, outside of the cabin, um, Locke just kind of fucking sauntering around like a like a lion, you know, just ready to devour people up. But it was kind of fun to see. Oh, we do get like a um, a reflection. I, I guess maybe what we're, we're going to consider this maybe an Easter egg corner. But there's a moment where Ben is staring at the mirror and he's kind of just hanging out, like looking at himself. I think this is the morning of the purge where he's just kind of inspecting his reflection, mm-hmm. and we see that throughout the entire series where a lot of our main characters spend a good time staring at a mirror or Mirrors. reflection, yep. you know, or all that kind of stuff. But it was kind of nice to see. So Ben's having that one moment of reflection before he carries out this plan, which ends the lives of all the, the Dharma Initiative folk. Yeah, they all end up in that pit of bodies with Locke. Yeah, yeah. So that whole thing is. And we still have our hostels walking in with no shoes. Like, <laughs> gas masks, totally. But shoes, fuck that. We yeah. don't need shoes. That, that gas isn't poisonous to your feet. <laughs> <laughs> but you got poison feet coming out of your gas. Wait, no. No, fuck that up. There's a point when they got to the island and Annie, Annie gives Ben the Apollo bar. Yeah. She's uh, like, yeah. we can have as much as we want. <laughs> Did she say that? I yeah. didn't catch that line. I think that's what, I think that's what tipped, one of the other things that tipped me off about how culty it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a way to sneak in the Kool-Aid. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why can you have so much of that? It's a candy bar. You yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> this, island, it, this island has a shortage of a lot of things. It has a shortage of babies and good father figures. But there's one thing that this island does not have a shortage of, and that's fucking chocolate. Yeah. We have, like, Annie and, and Ben. There's that one scene where a younger... Um, what's the anthropologist? Uh, Charlotte. 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 She was, like, yeah. eating some chocolate. This island loves chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Hurley's had a few, popped a few uh, Apollo bars out of his pocket. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, they they make the Apollo bar such a big part of the show. Or, or not, it's like, not a big part, but it's like a fun little Easter egg thing. Um, and that's fine. I, I would imagine it would be super weird <laughs> if they actually had like some Mars company sponsored candy that like everybody's just like, oh yeah, we just really love Snickers. And it just, it was Snickers the whole series. <laughs> Like eat Snickers, the official candy of laws. I'm gonna look on eBay and see if they ever made any like promotional Apollo bars. Oh, that, that would be dope. Selling. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they did. 
Yeah, I think and they, they might did, right? still have some around because they have Apollo bars on uh, Once Upon a Time. Oh, that's true. Is uh, are, is there guys from Lost that are? There's a bunch at? of the people from uh, the production side of Lost Motherfucker. that work on Once Upon a Time. Oh shit! Okay, and they even have like Oceanic Airlines. What? There's so, like tons of nods. Are you telling me that the ex- that the expanded ABC Disney universe includes Once Upon a Time and, <laughs> and Lost, Lost. Yeah. in the same universe? Maybe. Well, to be fair, <coughs> this isn't. It's it's really a J.J. Abrams universe, I think. Yeah. Because he has Slusho from, um, what is it called? Cloverfield up here in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I feel like... I remember seeing the Slusho on the menu thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it's... I guess they adopted it, and they're like, all right. Yeah, Slusho <laughs> pops up in the Cloverfield series. It pops up in um, Star Trek. It pops up in... I think it, it first popped up in... Um, in what's that? What's that show that JJ Abrams did Aliens? before Lost? Alias, yeah, Alias. Pops up in Alias too. So yeah, like uh, I think oh, JJ first, yeah. JJ so all the JJ stuff, even like um, <laughs> that that movie that he did that didn't really do so well. It was like a like oh, the a, the ET one, the eight one, something with eight, oh. eight millimeter, yeah, eight millimeter. No, that's 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 the case. <laughs> <laughs> that's super, eight, super eight, super eight, super eight, super eight, super eight millimeter. Yeah. Somebody should make that movie. It's about kids that try to stop a snuff film. I'm almost Boom. certain that there's a parody online. Yeah. It, has to be. it has to be. It has to be. You can't you can't not see those dots and not want to connect yeah. them. Super eight millimeter. <laughs> what if it was a uh, super eight heads in a duffel bag? <laughs> <laughs> that had Christy Swanson in it. Uh, that did. Yeah. Oh man. All right, well, um, I guess we can start heading into wrap-up yeah. now. Like, what do we have on Easter recording this week? Oh, yeah, we talked about a lot of it. Um, Apollo Bar, we got uh, Ben had this pet rabbit right. that he was uh, petting in, in his bed and took with him when he went to flee into the jungle. Right. Also, he used it to test whether or not the uh, fence was still on, so it could have immediately died. He yeah. Had no problems. Yeah, so does that put us in the vein that, that, that Ben is a sociopath, even from this young age, or he's just willing to, like, you know, let animals come to harm? Or but, or maybe or you could just take it as a a good precaution and a smart thing, but couldn't you, like, is there a smaller animal you could kill? Yeah. Like a roach or something? Well, I guess the reason we know he's not, like, a full-blown psychopath is he didn't bring, like, Annie out there with him and took her through <laughs> oh, it. Yeah, that's true. You're right. That, right. that would have been dope. That would have been some character development <laughs> shit right there. I, well, if he did that, there would have been no redemption for Ben. I yeah, think. like little kid murderer, <laughs> you know, little kid psychopath. Like, yeah, there would always be some weird hallmarks of that later on. We would have yeah. always hated him. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. So we saw, we saw, we talked about how we saw Locke eating a mango with a knife. We'll see him eat more fruit with knives. <laughs> um, ben and Ben offers Locke some whiskey, some Dharma whiskey. Oh. When we see uh, Marvin Camp, Pierre Chang in the video, he's wearing his lab coat with the Swan Station logo on it. Oh. The one that was supposed to be a secret? Yeah. The secret one that they <laughs> That secret station that nobody was supposed to know they yeah. were working on. Oh man! Yeah, the code for the the pylons is five four four three nine, which is um, not really numbers, but some algorithm would oh. come up with that. I'm sure. Interesting. Yeah. Could Fibonacci that bitch out? Yeah. yeah. Somehow. And then uh, we see Roger Workman in the Dharma van with all that Dharma beer, mm. and they were listening to that Three Dog Night song. Oh. Yeah. That'll come so. back. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, so that's, that's Easter Egg Corner this week. Sweet. So I guess we can head straight into plugs. Don't know what you got going on. Anything that you want to plug for any of our listeners? Um, oh, shoot. Nothing right now. I'm uh, I'm just taking some time focusing on my um, review website that I have for Theater on the Island. It's called Hitting the Stage. Um, we, we cover theatrical productions at the various theaters around the island so um nice if you are if you're interested in reviewing um hit us up at hittingthestage.com and you can um send us send us a review and yeah. we'll, we'll put it up for you or just Sweet. read reviews that are already there Type, that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay and um let's see i guess you can find me on my various stuff at anevis 3 on twitter and that's probably the best way to reach me and dave Oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at DKJ Comedy. All right. And uh, see what the ice cream I'm eating every day. Sweet. Negative1.net. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, if you guys are interested in following any of uh, the other shenanigans that we get up to, uh, you can check out What Bro Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, send, us, uh, some, uh, send us some email. Talk to us at what's up with that bro podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, maybe we can go into next week's title episode, which is uh, season three, episode nineteen, and it's called "The Brig." The Brig. The Brig. Doesn't that sound exciting? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like someone is held hostage or trapped, uh, which is going to be how. How everyone gets into the fight where Sawyer gets the recorder and uh, Locke tries to kill Mikhail. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would definitely think a lot of those just will, will come right before that. So, yeah. I'm not going to confirm nor deny <laughs> pirates, but I did want more pirates. Well, after I watched that episode, simply because it was called The Brig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thank you, Donut, for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I, re- I, I, I always have fun with you guys. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, I mean, we love having you. Yeah, we love having you. Like, you're the best. And listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate that. That's why we do this, is so that people will listen to it. <laughs> Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed listening to us, tell a friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell all your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Make new friends. Tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to it with them. That's that's a new thing. Yeah. Every- like, it, sit your friend down and tell them, hey, yo, hey, hey, <laughs> look at me. We're going to listen to this podcast. Yeah. It's called, um, what's up with that, bro? Oh. Yeah. First, what is, what's up with that? first ask them if they remember that episode of Lost called The Brig, <laughs> and then sit them down and have and listen to next week's episode with, with yeah. a friend, a new friend. A brand new friend. Do that. But just remember like to be a little a little condescending and smug about that. We want our listeners to be as condescending and smug about this show <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Just 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 pretend like you know more than your friend. <laughs> oh no, Lost. Have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh, another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs>